Welcome to the podcast, Muddy Cleats, presented by Ryan Davis. And with me in our World Cup themed podcast is none other than the orchestrator himself, Lewis Hilton, Tampa Bay Rowdies, defensive midfielder, centre midfielder, whatever you want to call him. And we're here to talk about his career and we're here to talk about three Lions and the World Cup. Lewis, so good to finally talk some football with you. Welcome aboard. Thank you. No, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to, to chatting football. Absolutely. So, we're just going to jump into World Cup. Like we mentioned before, we're two weeks in. How are you feeling about the three Lions going into this big match against France on Saturday? Yeah, no, I think it's been like such a pleasure to watch England in like the, like, the last probably four years now since Southgate had taken over. It's like... Um, kind of reignited my love for for England um just because like growing up you didn't, never really had like loads of success but I remember my first World Cup I remember 2002 um like with David Beckham and we beat Argentina he scored that penalty and ended up losing to Brazil but um like the feeling I had them like watching England was like so exciting and and I think probably after that like the love for like the national team probably like went a little bit but for me since Southgate took over like that's kind of come back and I think the relationship between the players and the fans and I think everyone likes the group of players um so I it's been an absolute absolute pleasure watching them recently so um and I think we've been good again this tournament um but obviously quarter final against France will be um yeah, it'll be definitely an interesting one. Um, yeah, and obviously they're they're a top side as well. So I, I, I kind of want to stay away from a prediction, but uh, <laughs> we've definitely got a chance. I'll say that. You know what? Looking at this group after the Euros last year, tied one-one with or nil-nil with Italy in the final, mm-hmm. lost some penalties. Okay, I mean it's, it's only so much you can do on penalties. I think this group of players know what it takes to win the big game. And I think this, I'm going to call my shot, this France game here on Saturday, this is the, this is the semi-final. I think whoever wins this goes into the final. You get my point? I think mm-hmm. these are the two best teams on that side of the draw. Yeah. So I think, the, I think whoever wins England-France will meet the winner of Argentina-Brazil. There I said yeah. it in the final of the, um, of the World Cup. So, I want to go back backwards here. You talked about that window that you got introduced to England, 2002, mm-hmm. Beckham, Gerard, Lampard, Scholes, Owen, Rooney, Rio Ferdinand. I mean, yeah. we could just go on and on and on. Yeah. What a group of players for you to get introduced to your national team. Yeah, no, it was like that, that group, I think the, the golden generation, what they called it, and... Yeah, like I think especially like David Beckham was like my hero, like growing up, like I absolutely loved him. Um, and yeah, I don't know what it was about like that period. It just kind of felt different watching watch, watching football, like as a nine, 10 year old with that group of players. It felt like watching the Premier League, they'd be scoring like unbelievable goals every <laughs> single week. Um, yeah, and like he listed them off there. Um, Got adding Joe Cole it's as like well. What's that team? I know Cole, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm a West Ham fan. So um, and honestly, when Joe was like 
a teenager coming through at West Ham, like he was just so, such an exciting player. Um, so he was like probably one of my favourite players growing up as well. So it was it was great. I get got the chance to meet him earlier this year as well. Um, but yeah, I think since that period, we've probably kind of lost a little bit of the kind of excitement and the love for for the national team back in England. But yeah, like I said, I think Southgate's done a really good job of kind of getting that back. I think Southgate is a little conservative, my books, but mm-hmm. I think that's needed in a tournament. And I think um, if you want to win the tournament, and I think he, England have no holes. I look at the lineup, I look at the formation, there are no, there are no gaps that, that you, can, you can expose. And I think they have just enough up top to get you. I mean, Harry Kane is amazing. Right, can we just talk about Harry Kane for a second? The guy score goals in the anywhere, anywhere in and around the 18-yard box, but yeah. then also starts the attack, Lewis. He yeah. drops back and facilitates. It's amazing. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I rate Harry Kane like, as, as good as you can. Um, yeah, like his ability to drop into those holes, and I don't think he probably gets enough credit of how good of a playmaker he is. Um, yeah. Like just probably just because of the amount of goals that he scores, like and he's such a deadly finisher. But I think almost that side of the game is equally as good. And like you've seen, I think, I think he's got at least two assists um, so far. But he could have had a few more. Like he's he slipped Rashford in early against the Wells game in the Wells game, and there's been like three or four like moments where he, he gets on the half turn in that little number ten spot, and you have those runners coming in. And, like, that side of his game is, like, just as good as his finishing. All right. You've been doing your coach's license in the off-season. We just talked about that before we jumped on here. I'm going to give you the keys for one minute. You're the gaffer. You get to make a change in the English squad. What change would you make, if any? Formation, lineup. You you get to make the call against France. Wow. Um... That's the thing. I always say, like, people, like, when, when the team gets announced, like, you have so many p- opinions, like, coming out, oh, Southgate should have done this, should have done that. But honestly, like, the whole, the whole squad, um, like, for me, it's just, like, slight preferences. Like, when you have Saka, Sterling, Foden, Rashford, Grealish, I love them all. And it's just, like... Well, whoever Southgate's picks, he knows better than me. Like, he knows how those boys are feeling, like, who's, like, in better condition. And he's the one that spends probably five days scouting France and knows, okay, this is a better matchup. Um, but for me, like, I, I love Phil Foden. Um, I, think, I think he's our best attacker, and I think he's so creative. He can come inside, he can run at players, he's got pace, he's got... A technical ability I think he can do it all he can score goals he can create goals so he's got to play and I think at the minute Saka is so good coming off of that right side um, so that would be my front three obviously with Kane and then I was a bit surprised when Henderson got the nod um, this last game but I think again like Southgate knows that group and there's some there's something definitely to be said to have experience in there like he's a leader, captain with Liverpool, and I think yeah. having that he's alongside a lot of big games. exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, 
and he's like been there, done that, and you've got him alongside Bellingham and Rice. Like I think the balance is is really good, and again, the, at the minute, Shaw, Maguire, Stones kind of picks him picks himself, and I think Kyle Walker's got to play um, up against Mbappe. I think <laughs> probably probably to be fair, of all the right backs in the world, I would say Kyle Walker probably matches up best with Mbappe, like pace wise. Yes. So. And how physical they both are, I think that would be a really good matchup. So I think he's got to play. And then obviously Pick, Pickford's been brilliant for England. He's been a bit hit and miss for Everton, but every time for England, yeah. I can't really fault him too much. It's amazing how some players do that, right? They, they're okay for their club team, but they get their shot for the national team. Completely different player. Yeah. I mean, you see that with Harry, Harry Maguire. That's probably the, the biggest example, how like much of a tough time he's had and the criticism he's got from from his like, uh, performances at United, which I think are probably a little unfair. Um, like he's, he's a top defender and United probably go and get him and spend all that money for a reason. And again, for, for England, he's been brilliant. And I think he's, he's done a good job so far in the World Cup of kind of proving the doubters wrong a little bit. And probably the environment that he's in playing with, Again, like all, all English players, Southgate probably believes in him, plays him every game. I think there's definitely something something to be said for that that side of it that, um, yeah, is able to kind of put in those good performances for England. You know, just talking to Coach Collins, I think it was last night, he said the exact same thing about Harry Maguire. Sort of unfair, and I kind of jumped in and said, you know, when you play in a high-pressing formation, like what Ten Hag wants. And as a centre-back, you're going to get exposed, a lot of 1v1s. And um, maybe that's not Harry Kane's strength. When you play in England, where there is a little more um, cover, right? You're not exposed 1v1. You know, he's so good at covering that space. He just makes everything tidy. He's great on set-pieces, defending set-pieces. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I think it fits his style perfectly. And I think he's a different defender, like you just said. When he when he puts on the English English shirt, yeah, no, I agree, and no. I think when uh, when you mentioned that Southgate's a little conservative, I think that's probably a, a reason why with the centre backs that you have, you don't want to be too exposed, and, and I think sometimes like people just want to like ah oh, we're like we sit in too deep, like or oh, we should play more attacking players, but sometimes it's not realistic to play Rashford, Sterling, Saka. Or, Foden, you can't play all of them um, and then have defenders that maybe are going to get exposed and I think um, yeah, I, I just think Southgate is getting it spot on at the minute You know um, Coach Collins said the other night, he said you know, Kylian Mbappe he's quick, right? He's quick, mm -hmm. but he's looking quick against players who are quick Yeah, that's how quick yeah. he is Yeah, 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 <laughs> so he's no. not these are quick players that are covering him. And he's exactly. These really are, quick. Yeah, world-class players he's up against. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to go and watch PSG a couple years ago um, and Mbappe played. And, like, it was... It felt like it was, like, one of the Rowdies players playing against under-12s is how it was. He was just yeah. that much faster, that much stronger. He would just get faced up with a player, kick it and run, like... Yeah, he was just that physically Simple. that better than, and this was like Liga players, you know. Um, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. 
I think they won four nil when he scored two and set up two. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. You know, and I saw the the the, the last two goals he scored. You know what's scary about Mbappe is when he starts to develop that technique. I mean, his shooting technique. Mm-hmm. What we saw, first post, and then the second one bent it to the last post. If yeah. you can complement that kind of speed with that kind of technique, yeah. I mean, that's a nightmare. We're talking Pele-esque. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I know, because his physical abilities will definitely get him in those positions. And then if he's got the technical ability as well to to be clinical, yeah, like he's very difficult yeah. to deal with. And yeah, I just hope we don't get too many chances uh, on Saturday. Speaking about technical ability, your technical ability is off the charts. I get to see it every other weekend when we're in Alang Stadium and I rave in the booth with Drew about your technical ability. And I have to say, just hearing you say that you looked up and you tried to, to emulate David Beckham, I think it now all comes together <laughs> because David Beckham's technical ability was off the charts as well. So, favorite David Beckham moment... Is there anything that strikes you in your mind that you really enjoyed about Beckham? A free kick, a goal, a pass? Is there anything from Beckham that really kind of stands out? Oh, it has to be the the Greece, the goal against Greece to qualify for the 2002 World Cup. I think, um, yeah, it was. We had to like we had to get a point, and I think we were two one down. And yeah, he's hit it from about thirty yards to the top left corner and. Yeah, I think just watching that that whole game as a 10-year-old, like he was just like unbelievable. He was everywhere. And I think he probably doesn't get enough credit for like how good he was at everything. He was like so fit and would cover so much ground and he would like he'd he was a lot more than just a, a set piece taker. Um but yeah, yeah. No, he was he was my hero growing up and like when I was younger I'd try and kick try and kick the ball the way he kicks the ball and um yeah, but that that moment was was just unbelievable. But there was there's a couple that sit in your mind. I think he scored one away at Everton, where it's like on the right corner of the box, and he's like whipped it all the way across to the the top left corner, and the keepers kind of cheated a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, that's just one that like sticks in my mind. That yeah, it's like still to this day, I try like I try my best to try and like hit him hit him the way he does. Um, do you do you spend some time in practice whipping free kicks? Yeah, no, um, I try to probably on a Thursday, if we play on on a Saturday, hit 10 or so. Um, working with Eric, the assistant, he'll, he'll kind of be there and help me a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try to get in as, ma- as many as I can. Um, going back to Beckham, I'm just going to continue on what you said. You don't play for Manchester United with under Sir Alex mm-hmm. without being selfless. You have to run your bollocks mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. To, to play for, for Sir Alex, right? Then you get picked as a Galacticos for Real Madrid. Then you go to AC Milan. At that time, the Rossoneri was real business. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Italian giants in Milan. Then you go PSG. I think what people don't realize is how selfless... Um, David Beckham is. He will play any position you ask him to play. He will run for 95 minutes. And then when he has the ball, he has the technical ability to get himself out of trouble and to hit any pass in the book 
yeah. on the field, which is just amazing to watch. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I think because he scores so many free kicks and does that side of it, I think people overlooked that and like yeah. don't really remember him as 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 more such a complete a complete player that he he probably was got credit for. Now, Lewis, very much David Beckham esque, I have to say. <laughs> Your fitness is incredible, and you know there are rumors coming out of the camp. That you're half man, half machine. And that's a compliment, <laughs> by the way. So just to let you know, I see you run up and down. I shouldn't say up and down the field. You cover a lot of space for the Rowdies. And then you also you know, can hit any pass in the book, which is a joy to watch. But I have to kind of go back into the past there and dig up a little bit and make sure we're on track. From 10 to 15 years old, Plymouth Argyle. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Then Exeter City, 15 to 16. That extra city experience, what was that like? And do you still have the shirt? I I don't have a, an Exeter shirt. I may have some training training gear laying around at home or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, that year at Exeter was actually really good. And I kind of wish that at a younger age, I was able to be involved with that club. Um, maybe more so than, than at Plymouth, to be honest. Um, they kind of encouraged more technical uh, players and one at the age of 15 16 like everyone's at such different physical levels um and I was quite uh, a late developer but they kind of put so much emphasis in to like technical ability and like the details into coaching and like more coached like systems of play and stuff which I probably hadn't seen too much before then um so I think that year that I was at Exeter, I like developed a lot and learnt a lot. Um, but unfortunately, I probably got involved a little too late, and it was tough for them to like make decisions to keep me on. And they'd had guys that had been there a lot longer than I I was. And unfortunately, it was only a year. But yeah, that year was was really good. For those who don't know, Exeter City played in the third division in England, which is still big news. And then from Exeter City. Lewis, you got the opportunity to go to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Is that college, college ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I played uh, at Young Harris uh, College. Um, came out here in 2012 when I was 18. And yeah, played there for three and a half years um, under coach Mark McKeever, who's um, from Scotland and he recruited me over. And yeah, honestly, probably... Arguably the best years of my life uh, playing in college. At, at that age, you had just surround like living with your best friends, all playing football every day, and yeah, like it was just like unbelievable. And obviously, being being a professional footballer is is the dream, but it becomes a little bit more like more pressure with it, and you kind of everyone's uh, at different ages and your teammates and stuff, which is great. But I think at college when you're all there like at the same age and you're all there for the same reasons. And quite a lot of us were international guys like away from home. It was just like, yeah, so much fun. And we had a really good team and the coach was like really good. So yeah, like absolutely loved my time in college. So, but during college, you played for Ocala, Ocala mm-hmm. Stampede. 
Yeah. Is that correct? How did that work? I mean, college, Georgia's way up the road. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll I tell you right now, Ocala to Georgia is going to run you about three hours, I think. Three hours, four hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we were like... How did you get to... North, to- North Georgia. So, it was, yeah, quite the trek <laughs> to get down. Yeah. Um, so, so, you play your Ocala games when? Uh, during the, the summer months. So, I think from May until August. I think was um it was called the PDL back then but it's the USL League 2 now. Yeah. Um So actually my first summer I played in Fort Myers for a team called Southwest Florida Adrenaline. And um so I played one summer there and like it was okay. We didn't have a great team. We didn't like make playoffs. Um but like it was a good setup and I enjoyed it, but I was able to do like okay individually and Ocala were the best team in that division. Um, so for the next two summers, they kind of asked me if I wanted to go and join them for, for those summers. And I did with a couple more of my young Harris teammates. Um, and yeah, two great summers there. And it's like a taste of kind of what professional football looks like. You get put up in housing, you get given um, like food and you're training every day and you, you're playing probably 18 games in space of three-ish months so it's pretty intense but it's all football 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 and yeah I absolutely loved it we had a really good team both both years I was there we got to the national final four um and obviously that that was under uh Shane Roberts who was the um assistant here at the Rowdies for for quite a few years um but he was my head coach down there and and he was great as well and he was like a super young coach as well I think he was only 26 when he was like the head coach down there. So like even now me being a 29 year old, it's even more impressive than I maybe realized at the time. <laughs> so that's a great stepping stone to becoming a professional. And speaking about becoming a professional, signed with the Charlotte independence, that first contract, what was that like? Yeah, no, unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think got invited to a, a three-day uh, kind of invitational trial with kind of all similar guys to myself just coming out of college or maybe had one or two years experiences as a professional. Um, and I went with um, Paco Craig, who's my teammate in Young Harris. We went up in Charlotte for, for yeah. three days, uh, stayed in a hotel. And yeah, we just kind of looked at it as we got nothing to lose really. And Sure. That was that was the dream was to to try and get a contract and I remember after the third day me and Paco driving back down to college um, I got a call from from Mike Jeffries and he was saying they they want to offer me a contract and yeah kind of a surreal feeling because at the age of 22 in England that's like pretty late to get offered your first contract and it'd been quite a long journey yeah. been living away from home from the age of 16 so um, yeah re- really really good feeling to kind of get that first opportunity. All right, so for Charlotte Independence, 59 appearances, seven goals. Then you go off to St. Louis. What was that like? Yeah, it was good. I think... What's the, what's, what, was the, what was the change, the difference? Yeah, so I think in Charlotte, we had like a really good team. I think we finished fourth both years, which is... It's good achievement. Top fours, like in this divisions, is good. Um, 
and we had re- really good team. So as a younger player, I wasn't starting every single week. Probably, I'd have to look at the stats, but maybe started 20 games out of the 34 that you play. Um which isn't isn't the end of the world, but for me, I, I, I was desperate to play every single week, and I had a sure. conversation with Anthony Pulis, who, who who was the St. Louis coach, and he kind of said that he was looking for me to play a bit of a bigger role than I had been, and personally, that was kind of what I was looking for at that at that age. I was ready to be a bigger part of a team. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I was I went there, and it was a really good club. I got nothing but good things to to say about St. Louis and yeah, I loved my, my two years there as well. Well, in St. Louis, 66 appearances, seven goals, and then you become a rowdy. Coming to, coming to the Tampa Bay Rowdies under Coach Collins, how did he use you differently compared to Charlotte and St. Louis? Yeah, I think especially in the uh, 2021 season and this last season, obviously 2020 was a tough, like a, t- a, a different year. You play only playing 16 games and I was new to the team. So, um, but the, the last two seasons, I think I'm probably playing a, a little bit deeper than what I had done at other clubs. Um, able to get on the ball from the, the back three or back four Um and kind of dictate the play a little bit more where I was probably asked to play a little bit higher up um, and make runs into more attacking positions. But I think the role that I've been playing for the Rowdies is probably where I see myself as as my best, um, where I'm able to get on the ball and kind of dictate the play and, and pick out passes. So, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed that. And working under Neil has been, been really good. And I think he's he's helped me improve as a player like massively. So, looking at your goal tally, four goals for the Rowdies, clearly playing deeper. Do you miss getting up into the action or do you just say, you know what, this is my home right now in that those first two-thirds of the field? Yeah, I think I'd be lying if I said I, I don't want to get involved and score goals because it's a great feeling to score goals. And I do think in the final third that I would still have something to offer. But I think in the run of play... I think sometimes if I was higher up the pitch, I would find myself getting frustrated because I'm, I'm the type of player that I just always want to be involved. I want to get on the ball, whether we're attacking, whether we're defending. I just want to be involved in um, the role that I have when we have the ball. Uh, I'm able to get on it as much as I can um, and connect as many passes as I can and just have, I think, the biggest influence on the game. And if that means that maybe I'm not getting in as many goal-scoring positions, then I think I would much rather have that role where I'm uh, completely involved in in the build-out. And then even in the attacking third, I'm still involved, but just maybe not in those positions to, to be on the end of things. Now, Leo Fernandez came on to the podcast and he said there was one drill that the Rowdies have to do. It's when Lewis has the ball and they have to make runs up and down, <laughs> up and down the sidelines. Yeah. As Lewis pings the ball, the team has to run behind it. Is that accurate? Or do you have to, or are you the one running 
and they have to follow you. What, what's, the, what's, the, what's the drill that seems to be the most hated drill in Rowdy's camp? No, I'm not, I'm not too sure, actually. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Liam may have to explain that drill a little better to me. <laughs> he said there was one where Lewis gets the ball. This is all in preseason. And um, he gets to dictate on, I think the players have to make runs. And the players are, are constantly running back and forth as Lewis is the one dictates whether it's passing. I'm not sure that part of it. But your name came up, Lewis. I'm sorry. Okay, Lewis. In, in regards to one of these um, practice sessions. And there was a lot of eye rolling when um, when this practice session came up. Right. This is not from me. This is from Leo. So just to let you know. Well, maybe because <laughs> I'm doing doing the enjoyable bit. I, I don't really remember it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, favorite favorite moment as a rowdy. Oh wow! Favorite moment. I think you have to say that that Louisville game last year. It was like unbelievable. I think that's the best night of of my footballing life. Like hands down, like it was just unbelievable. Like and still now, when I see clips of it like pop up on social media or something like that, like it just still gives me goosebumps and like still get it. Yeah, yeah. It's it was just unbelievable. Like. Yeah, that, that has that has to be the best moment for sure. Lucky, getting on the end of it. Was there was there ever any doubt, Lewis? Was there no. was there a feeling of shoot, we're, we're in trouble? Yeah, I like every every time I see Lucky's number put on as a sub, like it just gives you a lift. You're like, okay, he's gonna get a chance, and like more <laughs> often than not, he takes his chance. You know, so even yeah. even in, even in the, the the games that he doesn't score, like he'll still get like an opportunity. Like he just has that like ability to like smell the chance, you know? And I think that's probably something you can't really coach is like his like movement yeah. and just like the timing of when the ball's going to land and he's just always there. And yeah. And like, yeah, Lucky's Lucky's been unbelievable and he, he's such a, such a nice guy as well. So yeah, yeah I've, I love being teammates with him. He did give one of his secrets away. He did say that when the opportunity does come, any opportunity, make the keeper save. Do not put it wide. Yeah. Do not put it over the bar. You make sure and put it on target and let him have to make that big play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, don't that's, overcomplicate that's good. it. Yeah. Don't I, overcomplicate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, exactly. And, uh, Neil would probably tell me to to listen to Lucky a little bit more. To be honest, <laughs> you're trying to look for that piece of twine in the top corner. Yeah. Like, I yeah, gotta yeah. get that piece of twine. Yeah, I probably tell me to watch Lucky instead of Dalgard a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to free kicks, um, do you really just practice for a certain? I mean, do you put like a some cones up, uh, like an area in the net that you go for? Um, yeah, so I set up the wall and usually I'd have one of the, the keepers that they're probably not too happy about it, but I get them to stand yeah. and go. Um, yeah. Just and, 10, Lewis, just 10. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I end up being there for 30 minutes and they're sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that's good. Yeah. So usually, usually get one of the keepers to come and, but yeah, half the time they end up like cheating because they think they know what side I'm going to go in. Um, but. Yeah, no. Um, I try to get in as many as I can, and I probably should score more than I do, to be honest. But I think you're a fantastic dead ball specialist, so we're fortunate to have that. 
So favorite Rowdy's moment is Lucky getting on the end of it and then, of course, Rowdy's winning it that night. Yeah. Is there a goal in your career? Anyone. It could be it could be Ocala Stampede. A goal in your career that's your favorite, that you remember. That I've scored? Yeah. Um, your favorite goal that you've scored? I think I'd have to start with... My favourite Rowdies one, and it would probably be um, away at Charleston. I think we won 1 0, and Stephen set it back to me on the edge of the box, and I'm just able to get a clean strike on it, and it, it's gone in the back of the net. And it was kind of a tough game going away to Charleston's, like never easy. Um, and to score that and, and win 1 0 was an important win for us. So that was probably my favourite Rowdies, um, Rowdies goal. Um, and then maybe one that sticks in my head t- for St. Louis in t- 2018. We were like, on the brink of playoffs and St. Louis hadn't made the playoffs before and we were playing San Antonio at home and they were maybe two points ahead of us and I scored a goal 80-something minute um, to put us 1-0 up and we uh, basically ends up clinching the playoffs with that win. So that's probably one that sticks in my head as well. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the World Cup for a second here. Mm-hmm. Okay, favorite World Cup moment. I know Beckham scored the penalty against Argentina, big one nil win. Is there another moment? It doesn't have to be England. It could be England. It doesn't have to be England. Is there one of those you're watching a World Cup game as a youngster or now, and you're like, wow, what a moment! That's amazing. What's your favorite World Cup moment? I have one. I think. I mean. I- the favourite ones are going to be they're going to be England because I can't say I have Absolutely. too many too yeah. many allegiances with other clubs, but I think or sure. countries. But I I think I've, when Trippier scored the free kick against Croatia to go one nil up, like that feeling was like, yeah. like oh my god, we're we're going to go to a World Cup final, like because when yeah. you go one nil up early against Croatia, like straight away you're just like, like you're thinking like, and obviously it didn't turn out like that, but I think. When he scored that, that just the feeling of that, like yeah, like I think the whole country just went mad, and yeah, that Where one def- definitely sticks out in my head. But I would say, honestly, the World Cup that like I remember most is the two thousand and two one because it was probably my first that I remember. Like I remember like Euro two thousand a little bit, or I just remember my dad like getting angry at Phil Neville giving a penalty away. <laughs> But I don't remember actually like watching oh, too much of it. But 2002, I was like old enough to like remember it, and it was on like early in the morning in England, and just kind of watched watched all the games. And that Brazil team was just like unbelievable, and Ronaldo was like, yeah, like he was probably at his best at that time, and he just kind of, yeah, absolutely dominated that tournament. Um, He's so I think I, I would just say that tournament was probably my favorite. Um, yeah okay um, going into this season Rowdies mm-hmm. off season give us a quick snippet of what a Lewis Hilton off season looks like yeah so it's been about a month now so obviously it's a, a long season and I think once I get the opportunity to kind of rest and get my feet up a little bit um, and maybe do other things that I can't do during the season. Like I'm obviously starting my, my B licence with the coaching course. I've 
had two trips with that. Um, but um, and it's always wedding season during the off season as well because most of my friends are previous teammates and during the season no one's getting married. So um, I've got two weddings that I'm hopefully going to this off season: Juan Tejada and, and Kyle Murphy, both obviously previous nice. rowdy rowdy boys. So they're both getting married and hopefully I'll be at both of those weddings. Um, in about a week or so, I'll, I'll go back to England, um, spend Christmas with my family, mum and dad, my three sisters and four nieces and nephew. Um, so it's wow. always always great to, to go back and, and see the family. Um, so yeah, and then obviously, I think probably start training a little bit in the gym here and there. And I think pre-season will start maybe towards the end of January. Um, but yeah, just try and enjoy the time that I have to do things that I can't necessarily do during the season. Sure. What part of England does your family live? Like, where would you go? Yeah, so it, a town called Newquay, which is the southwest of England. It's a little beach town. It's actually like really beautiful, um, like right on the coast. Um, so, That's beautiful. and it's just, yeah, it's a great place to go and visit for three or four weeks every year um, to, yeah. to spend Christmas. It's, it's really nice, but it's only a small town. So I, I don't know if, if I happen to move back to England, I don't know if I could live there, but it's like really nice just to spend, spend the holidays. All right, I'm going to put you in a tough spot here. Okay. Favorite teammate you ever played with? Oh, wow. That is a tough spot. If you say mm-hmm. Paco Craig, I mean, I think the Rowdies fans will go to your house and bring it down. Yeah, so I, I won't Paco be saying Craig, Paco Craig, don't worry. Sorry, Paco. <laughs> 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 nah, I went, my, when Paco was my teammate in college, I loved, I loved uh, being his sure, teammate. Sure, fantastic. But, yeah, player. I haven't enjoyed playing against him, to be honest. So I'm not going to say <laughs> it just because of that. Right. But um, wow, that is so tough. That is so tough. And I couldn't even pick my favourite Rowdy's teammate. Like, okay. I think uh, it's so because I've, I've been leaving so many people out. I think you you have to say Leo. He's he's just like so good, so good to play with his technical ability, and he's the type of player that like sure. it makes foot, playing football fun because he can take the ball and he he plays the game at what I'd like to think. We play the game in the same way. We look to connect and create sure. passes. But I think I've loved playing with Aaron as well. He's so calm on the ball and he's an un- unbelievable defender. I think he's probably the fastest player I've played with. Like, and he doesn't get enough credit for how quick he is. Yeah. yeah like, And we've got some quick players at, at the Rowdies, but I think I would put my money on Aaron being the quickest. And I'll probably upset some of the lads saying that, to be honest. But um, I would back Aaron. I heard, I really did hear Aaron Guillen was one of the fastest players on the roadies. So that's not a surprise to me at all. But Lewis, I have to tell you, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. It was absolutely amazing and giving us some insight on the three lions mm-hmm. and giving us the, some insight in life in the roadies and talking about your career. It's been an absolute pleasure and I will bother you again yes. to come back on and talk yeah, some no, more football. I'd, yeah, definitely. I'd love, love to come back on. Yeah, always good to talk to you, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks, Lewis. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Any Lewis Hilton, everyone. Lewis Hilton, everyone. He just came on this podcast, Muddy Cleats World Cup Edition, talking about his three lions and his incredible career. 
and I promise you we'll have him on again. Thanks again, Lewis. Yeah, no worries.